Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Face Connecticut. I'm Morgan Cunningham, WTIC News Talk 1080, Light 100.5 WRCH, and 96.5 TIC. Our guests this week are Dale and Lou Picard. They're the founders of Educated Canines Assisting with Disabilities, ECAD. This month is National Service Dog Awareness Month, so we're looking forward to learning a little bit more about what these gifted animals do. Good morning, Dale. How are you? You. Good morning. Doing very good. And good morning to you, Lou, as well. Good morning to you, Morgan. Thank you guys for joining us. And I don't know who wants to start off here, but could you just give a general summary of the work that you guys do? ECAD uh, uh, breeds and trains dogs for people with physical disabilities, children with autism, uh, veterans with PTSD, and a lot more. And Lou, do you have anything that you'd like to add to that? Uh, we started in 1995, and to date we've had over 400 dogs outplaced. Maybe 150 of them are still active, and uh, we have a two-year wait for our dogs. So there's definitely a need out there. Definitely a need and a demand, and you guys have been at this nearly 30 years at this point. Is that unusual for an organization like this? It just seems wonderful that we have two founders who are still involved all these years later. I don't know about unusual, but it's been a passion of ours for 30 years. And, um, you know, we have a successor plan, and we sent our daughter to college so she could take over when it was time to do that. But it's, it's really a way of life and a passion to do, to do a business like this. What led to the founding of Educated Canines Assisting with Disabilities, ECAD, ECAD, could you talk about the moments going up to that in 95? Anytime you start a nonprofit, it's usually because something personally has happened to you that kind of shifted your whole way of thinking. My dad um, retired, and two weeks after he retired, he had a stroke. And I was really upset about that, like as if he was unjust. It was unjust for him to do that. He worked so hard all of his life. He waited the right age to retire. Now he was supposed to go to Florida in the winter, Connecticut in the summer, and two weeks into it, he has a stroke, you know, and uh, I was mad. And when he came out of the hospital, he came to live with Dale and I. We had two young children. We had two dogs. And my dad, I put him on a pedestal. I used to call him the Ward Cleaver of Leave it to Beaver. That was my dad, you know. So 
I didn't want to see a frail man. I didn't want to see a dependent man. So um, he loved my dogs, and I just said to him, what if I did this? What if I taught the dog to tug you up so you could walk with your walker? Would you do it? Would you ask the dog to get the remote control if I taught him how to do it? Things like that. And he's he's like, yeah, I would. It would be it would give me more pride. I would feel better about myself than to ask you or your daughters. So that's what I did. I I just trained the dog to tug him up so he could grab his walker and get to the bathroom on time. Then I taught him the dogs to retrieve his shoes and retrieve a remote control for him if it fell on the floor. And he ended up going back home. He ended up feeling all right and getting himself strong enough to go back home. And that's what that pretty much sparked me. Like, this is really what we should be doing with our life. We owned convenience stores at the time, but it wasn't fulfilling for me. It was just a job. This, I felt like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And Dale backed me 100%. I could not do it without him. And it, and, uh, it just became part of our lives. I went out to California for six weeks and studied under Bonnie Bergen to know what to teach the dogs to do. And I came back and we never looked back. And 30 years later, we have this beautiful facility here in Winstead that houses our clients for us when they come for team training. And they stay 13 days and we're up to like 400 dogs. So that's really my story. Wow, that's absolutely moving and incredible and now you're able to share this with other people dale how did you get involved with this obviously lou had the inspiration as well but you've been the other half you've been the other part of this well being born on a farm and started delivering animals on the farm at the age of 14 years old um, i had a special attachment to animals so when lou started this and started uh, rescuing dogs and bringing them home and starting the training process i uh uh, reconnected with uh, uh, the animals, and we started our own breeding program. Since we started the breeding program 25 years ago, I've delivered over 800 puppies. <laughs> uh, about 400, 450 of them make them as, making it as service dogs. Others being placed out in courthouses to help uh, people testify. Others being placed out in hospitals doing uh, uh, therapy work or rehab work for stroke victims. So uh, 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 watching Lou work with the disabled people and me having to be able to reconnect with the animals was a good thing. So I decided to stay on. Actually, I was supposed to start just support her for a couple of years and then start my own business off to the side. Well, and that that starting my own business never never happened. I just stayed with this, and thank God I did. It's been a great time. In those earliest years, how did you guys get the financial support and backing to go about doing this? which obviously we're going to get to the mechanics of what you do, who you help, and what you help them with. But getting started is always a challenge for any kind of an organization. So could you walk us through that process? After I had a dog trained, I called the Hartford Current and told them that they should come up and see what we were doing. We were having dogs open refrigerators, and they did. We got on the front page. But then the Greater Hartford JCs really blessed us. They um, chose us as one of their charities for their golf tournament, which gave us like twenty thousand dollars, and that and that and that helped us start off and get going and feed the dogs. Um, I drove a school bus for Salters Express uh, in Simsbury while we were doing this, so we could feed each other. 
and then Green Chimneys out of Brewster, New York called and asked if we'd be willing to work with their kids and the dogs. And Dale and I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, we'll teach them how to train our dogs. We went down there. We saw them. Uh, we spent the next 15 years at Green Chimneys and several other programs up and down the Sawmill Parkway, Children's Village, the Jewish Board of Children Family Services, and they paid us as a teacher. And then it was easier to get donations because now we had how we were helping people. We used to help three people for the same dollar, the dogs, the at-risk kids, and then the clients. So we did. I did that for 18 years. Dale did that for 14 years. Um and then we hired teachers. So that's really how we got the program to be successful. We, we found a niche, and uh, we, we went forward. My guests this morning, my guests this morning on Face Connecticut, Dale and Lou Picard. They're the founders of Educated Canines Assisting with Disabilities, founded in 1995. The facility has definitely grown, from what I understand. You guys started it in West Granby. Where are you now? We're located up in uh, Winstead, Connecticut. Uh, we're on a 14-acre uh, uh, property here. We have uh, uh, the original uh, home when we moved here and built our kennel. But since then, uh, about six, seven years ago, we built an 8,000-square-foot building that uh, houses all our trainers in training. And when our clients come in, they have a place to live. We have four bedrooms uh, with full bathrooms in each bedroom to accommodate each one of the clients coming in with a full setup for a handicap accessible kitchen so that when they're here for their 13 days of learning how to utilize the dog, they also start learning how to utilize their own home. And once they get home, the home will be a lot smaller than the facility they're in, but at least they'll have learned how to have the dog pull a door open, have a dog close a door for them, or pull a refrigerator door. So uh, that and so we're, that's where we're at today. Uh, the building uh, up here, we have approximately 30 dogs in training. We have 20 employees, full and part time, uh, uh, which is it, that's that's grown very big in over the last five years. Um, but all all through donations uh, and grants, and grants um, our clients help in the fundraising process. We've uh, hired people to help uh, coach the people that are uh, uh, applying for service dogs, uh, and that uh, is how we get the good part of the process done. That ratio seems to be a very strong one in which you have about 20 volunteers and people who are working and helping the dogs and you have also about 30 dogs so it's almost one person one dog is that kind of what's needed to train a service dog we have many more volunteers than that probably about 50 or 60 volunteers they take our dogs home on weekends and let them live in a home uh, they might take them out to a restaurant they're not exactly our trainers but they give us they know how to reinforce the dogs. So I have four trainers that literally train the dogs how to do these things, and then we give them to volunteers to see if the dog will listen for them. How, what does a dog act like when they're not in the hands of a trainer? That's real important. A lot of our clients have never even lived with a dog. Lou, could you walk us through some of the commands that they do learn? You mentioned that some of these clients that you have 
have never owned a dog before. And when I think of service dogs, I think of dogs that are generally very kind dogs and very helpful, and they can do a lot of things. So what can they do for clients? So they retrieve, they'll retrieve things like your slippers, your keys, um, your medical bag if you need it, whatever you drop on the floor. They can tug, so they can tug open a door, they can tug open a cabinet, refrigerator, tug your blanket off, tug the sock off your foot. It's, it's still a tug. Uh, activate, activate light switches or automatic door buttons. Balance people. So we're having a team training that's starting on Monday. It ends on October 7th with our graduation. But all of those people in the class primarily have balance issues. So the dogs were all taught to balance them to get up and down the stairs, retrieve things from lower levels, help them get off the sofa or a low chair, things like that. If, they're, if they don't have the upper body strength, the dog will pull open a door and hold it for them, definitely hit the automatic door buttons. So, and then we, we would specialize. So that's a kind of a generic thing all of our dogs know how to do. But then we specialize. Like we taught a dog to put a stylus in the girl's mouth who was a high quad. And so that she could use her phone or she could draw. She's an artist. Um, so that was specialized to take her foot and put it back on the footrest. If it had a tremor and the foot would, the muscle would tremor and kick the, the off of the footrest, the dog could nudge it back up. Those would be specialized. We don't teach all the dogs to do that. We teach the ones that need it. And for our veterans, they, the dogs wake them up for night terrors. They can remind them to take their medication. They can help them in flashbacks to feel grounded. We have a baseline, and then we do some specialty things as needed. I was going to say you must specialize for your clients on an as-needed basis. Is it difficult to train the dogs to be able to do something so niche like that? Um, not difficult. You have to be persistent. It's For ECAT anyways, we make it fun for the dogs. So it's like teaching a three-year-old to like dusting or, or brushing her teeth. It's all in how you present it to them. They're a blank piece of paper. So we have a, we're online on Wednesdays on um, explore.org's website. Our show is called Classes in Session, and people can watch. They can watch us training the dogs or what we're doing with them that day um, on Wednesdays from 1030 to 1130. So... It's, it's really persistent. It's a passion. It's like an artist. Is it hard to draw a picture? Not if you love it and it's in your soul. It's not. I've never, I've never felt it hard, just persistent and getting the dog to want to do it in a fun way. Dale or Lou, could you talk to the amount of time that it takes to get a dog trained and ready to help a client? From the time the dog is born to placement, it's about 1,500 hours. Uh, we start very early on in the whelping box uh, with uh, our foster nannies. We have senior citizens, uh, people retired that uh, come in and they pet the puppies from birth and they flip them over and they stress them out a little bit and then they reward them by uh, bringing them back to mom and hooking them up to nurse. Uh, from that point to uh, eight weeks, uh, we have uh, started doing field trips with them so they uh, don't get car sick. Uh, we started doing uh, treadmill exercises, or so later on in life, 
Uh, we can start putting them on treadmills uh, for exercise in the wintertime. We don't uh, uh, like getting them, the dogs all wet, so we put them on treadmills for exercise. So it, it, it's really a, a big process of 1,500 hours over two years. After 10 weeks old, the puppy will go in a foster home, come back at seven months old, and then after that is in training uh, five days a week for at least two hours a day. And they uh, most times go home on uh, foster homes on weekends and come back Monday morning, Sunday night, Monday morning, and start the process all over again until the dog is 18 months to two years old. It depends on the maturity of the dog, on how fast at that point it'll be placed out. So do you have to get the dog young? This isn't something that you could start at, say, age three or four? You're, lo- you're looking at longevity to the person receiving the animal. So we like to place the animal as young as possible so they can have the next 10 years working with this person. If I start training dogs at five and six years old and placing them out, it doesn't have a long shelf life for, for that person working with that person. So we have successor dogs that go, go out. We've got people now on their third dog with us. So we like the longevity as many years as we can. So in our breeding program, we spend a lot of time in genetics and make it, try to make sure the dogs are disease-free, uh, hips, hips are good, eyes are, are good, no cataracts, and, uh, and that kind of stuff, so we can assure a longevity of at least 10 years to the person that's receiving the dog. Because losing your animal or having to retire your animal is pretty detrimental to somebody that's learned how to utilize an animal that's so well trained through their life. And just so our listeners are aware, which breeds of dogs are we talking about here? We use labs, Labrador retrievers, golden retrievers, and then we crossbreed them to bring the best uh, character out of each breed together to have a better success rate of our placement. Our, uh, our puppy placement rate uh, in the service dog world, we have about a 90%, 89 90% success rate of placing everyone in the litter which is very good because most of the industry is about 45 to 50%. So spending that extra time analyzing uh, uh, to, to get a better quality dog, down the road we're hoping that we can build up more years of uh, the dog being placed with a person like a longer shelf life. The dog is now 14, 15, 16 years old uh, and dying versus retiring and dying at 10 and 11, 12. So that's, that's our main goal now is to create longevity in our lines. My name is Morgan Cunningham. Our guests on Face Connecticut this week, Dale and Lou Picard, the founders of Educated Canines Assisting with Disabilities, ECAD. Now, I'm very curious, Dale and Lou, to talk a little bit with you guys about some things that you guys at other organizations don't do. In other words, you guys offer the dogs to clients that might be rejected elsewhere. Yes, we take harder clients like... ECAT was one of the first programs to accept people that were on ventilators at night with sleep apnea a long time ago. It's been about 15 years now we've been doing that particular disability. And other programs either already had their niche or didn't feel that they had the trainers to, to train the dog to do that. We just trained a dog recently for a woman who has mast cell disease and things that activate her are bleach, lavender, and patchouli. And bleach and lavender are very uh, active in the environment, a lot, a lot of places. She could go into a grocery store 
and they just wash the floor with, with bleach water and they can activate her. So we train the dog to alert for those three sets. So it's a first, the first time we've done it um, and it's been very successful, but it takes, you have to follow up. The, the person getting the dog for such a thing as sleep apnea or scent work, they have to allow the dog to practice two or three times a week in safe areas so that the person can feel confident and the dog can get in a routine of doing it. So it's not as if when we give the dog over, you're done, you can go about your life. You never have to worry the dog will do these things. No, just like your car, just like a piece of equipment, you have to keep it in shape. You have to keep it tuned up. The same thing with the dogs. So after the dog graduates with the client, our work is not done. We have to follow up on them for the life of the dog. So if they get more disabled five years in, we have to be available to help them get the dog to do more things to keep them independent. We're obligated to do that as being part of the Assistance Dog International membership. So that's all. It's not as if you get a pet dog, you teach them to sit and heal and come when you call, and then you go home and, okay, it's good. If one day he doesn't come when you call him or he takes 10 minutes, you're frustrated, but your life is not in jeopardy. In our case, it could your life could be in jeopardy. So it's follow-up. A lot of people don't understand that, that the follow-up care after they get the dog is more important. It's, it, it lasts longer. It's more intense. That's fascinating. And moving, too. And, Lou, it's my understanding that you guys have a graduation that's coming up October 7th. Yes, it is, and it's open to the public. So if anyone listening would like to come, we just ask that you register on our website, and that's ECAD, the number one, dot O-R-G. We need to know how many chairs to get. And they'll be in the afternoon from 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock. And who would you recommend attend this? Anyone interested, anyone that's interested in a service, um, not, not, you don't even have to want a service dog, but you just want to know more about it. You love dogs, you love people, you know, you want to see how the dogs are working for you. You want to learn about ECAD. Dale and Lou Picard, in our last few moments here, we're nearing the end of our Face Connecticut, and there's more to talk about and get really into the weeds of this. Uh, we're just out of time, but I appreciate your coming on. Dale and Lou, is there anything else that you'd like to add? Join us on Facebook. Keep in touch with us. You know, nonprofits work on donations and volunteers, and we we give community support, so we like community support. Dale, anything else that you'd like to add? Just backing what Lou just uh, said, uh, uh, donations are very important. That's what uh, this program is supported by, 100% in donations and grants. Uh, so if people uh, interested could join us on our website and uh, and investigate how well our program does and, and what it does for the community and if they really enjoy it, if they could support us. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you. Dale and Lou Picard, thank you guys for joining me on Face Connecticut because I think this is a topic that people could use a little more information on that they probably don't know a whole lot about. And I think that you guys just gave us a really good introduction. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.